Hello, and welcome back to Coworking with Iris. This is our show where we talk about coworking and community. This is episode 19, and today I will be speaking with my guest, Shannon, who is a community manager at a coworking space in Calgary, Alberta. And I'm looking forward to my conversation this morning because I'm really interested in helping to sort of show what a community manager does, um, talk about what a community manager does. I get this question a lot from clients. Uh, what, what is the role a community manager plays? What, what goes into that job description? What are they responsible for? And so I thought, you know, let's, let's have some conversations with some of the community managers out there. So I will now turn it over to Shannon. Good morning, Shannon. Good morning. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here today. And tell us about yourself. What's your co-working story? Okay, well, first of all, I needed to say I'm actually in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, not Calgary. <laughs> Calgary's great. Thank you for that, you know. <laughs> Thank you for that reminder. No <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, our the co-working space that I um, work with here is um, celebrated our fifth anniversary in the spring. Um, however, I've been a part of it just for two and a half years. Um, when I came on board, I was um, I was working from home. I had a home-based business and uh, didn't even really know what co-working was about. I knew of the building, but I didn't really understand the concept. Um, but I was, you know. Working from home, meaning I was really good at and really good at going into debt because I wasn't working. I was incredibly lonely, and it just you know it wasn't working for me. So I you know, was considering getting picking up a job at like a coffee shop or something just to have you know to get around people and to have some form of income coming in. And, and I actually came across the posting for this job on Twitter and um, read the job description and basically just went, oh my God, they're looking for me. This is like, it's basically my name all over it. So, you know, I typed up my cover letter and was like, congratulations, it's your lucky day. You just found your dream candidate and, you know, sent that off. And, um, I, I think part of the reason we got the interview because the, uh, the founder was like, okay, who is this girl? <laughs> Very full of herself, maybe full of shit, but we'll find out. <laughs> Yeah, and it was, uh, you know, I was able to to sway him to uh, understand that I was the perfect candidate. And, um, you know, as I said, I've been here two and a half years now and absolutely love it. There's nowhere else I'd rather be. So I've actually let that uh, that business go that I was working on. I tried doing them side by side. And I went, you know what, I don't have any passion for that anymore. And mm. and I'm loving what I'm doing here and what, what our community is creating. So here we are. <laughs> wow. You know what I particularly love about um, that story? There's a lot to love there, but I really love that you said that when you read the job description, it was you. Yeah. And I, I have, um, in for the majority of community managers I've hired, that's what they've said to me. They've said, you know, when I read that job description, it was like it was written for me. Mm -hmm. And um, and good for you for writing that cover letter so well, because those are the cover letters for me that I I want to read, and that's what you know. That's what makes me call a candidate up for an interview yeah. is if they really write that in depth cover letter. Mm -hmm. so, that's awesome. 
Well, so what I'd like to know is what, what do you do as a community manager? What's your sort of day? Take us through a day in the life of you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, it's a very reactionary position. I often come in in the morning and I have no idea what the day has in store for me until, you know, the emails start coming in or people pop into the office and, um, you know, I'm, I'm really good at fixing printers. That's like <laughs> the bane of my existence. I've become a Xerox technician. Uh -huh. <laughs> we'll mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but a lot of it is just being uh, a support system for the the coworkers and the office tenants, and you know, just being that person that they can come to if they're having an issue, whether it's uh, with technology or or office equipment, or just having a problem with with their day-to-day -day operations and they're looking, you know, I've become kind of the connector in the building, you know, and someone says, I, you know, I'm really, I'm needing some help with this project and, and um, I'm the one who knows everybody else in the building. So it's like, oh, well, have you talked to, you know, so-and-so, they're new, but they're, you know, I think they might be the perfect fit for, for what you need. And, and it's really, it's super rewarding being able to, to make that happen. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, mm -hmm. And so, are you responsible for the PNL of the business? Um, is that part of your your set of responsibilities as a community manager? You know, um, like with our company here, um, like it's, I work for Shift Development, which manages the co-working space, and we've got um, four staff, and we all kind of share a lot of the roles here, um, mm -hmm. which is really great. Like I'm, I'm definitely you know the frontline person, but um, mm -hmm. But it's great also having that support. So if I'm busy and someone comes in and wants a tour, somebody else will you know jump in and help them out. Or, you know, the, um, I work with the finance manager on all the invoicing and, and you know, collecting rent and all that. Um, so it's not just it's not just me, you know, trying to run it on my own, which also really helps. <laughs> yeah. So do you manage the budget and um, all the uh, income and expenses? Um, I have input on that, but no, I'm, I'm very happy to have that on Stephanie's plate. <laughs> yeah, okay. So yeah, you, you don't have to manage the, the financial responsibility. That all being filled. And yeah, I was like, this is not my strong suit. And what is your role in IT maintenance? Um, basically whining to the founder. Yeah. <laughs> you know, okay. I so somebody... Um, I actually started uh -huh. at a university doing um, computer science, but that was 20 years ago. And like, now I just have to ask my kids if I'm like, how does this, uh, I don't, what? <laughs> yes, that ask your kid moment. Yeah, oh, and, yeah. and actually so dumb. <laughs> some of the, the tenants in the building are, you know, we've got um, someone who does web hosting. We've got lots of guys that are doing web design and they, you know, their knowledge far surpasses mine. So it's, you know, I definitely love that I can also go to our fellow members and just say, okay, we're having internet issues, but I'm an idiot. So can you please help me? <laughs> and you crowdsource the IT support. Big time. Big time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think unless we come into this job with IT skills, that's what we end up doing. I know for me, we had, um, a member who was an IT expert, <clears throat> and if it hadn't been from him, I wouldn't have known how to patch in all those public IPs 
that our members were requesting. Yeah. Uh, I had a background as an electrician for eight years in the theater. Uh. But um, so I, I understood what it meant to patch things, but I never worked with electronics. So mm -hmm. it's okay. a different language to me. Yeah. I, I don't understand yeah. <laughs> where the conversation is coming. And I still don't. What I know yeah. now yeah. is like time to hire a really good IT guy. <laughs> yeah. But that's what's so great about this kind of community is that you have experts in so many fields. So it's yeah. not totally up to me to be able to. <laughs> yeah. So, how about facilities? Do you manage your facilities? No. Yeah, we've got, we've got a whole facility. guy. So, um, yeah, he's on staff with us here. And uh, that's another thing I love being able to, you know, people come to me saying, you know, the washroom's out of toilet paper or the coffee machine's broken or, you know, that sort of thing. And, mm -hmm. and then I can just, um, you know, we use Trello to manage a lot of the operations within the building. I just fire off and a few more messages to carry and, <laughs> wow. Yeah, you, you, it sounds like you have a pretty good team there. You, yeah, I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. And events and programming, uh, do you manage that? Yeah, that's largely on my plate. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and how, how many square feet? I don't know if you told us that. Is your yeah, our building is uh, about 17,000. 17,000. And so how mm -hmm. many members do you have in there? Uh, we're at about 170 right now. Okay. So yeah, largely um, private offices. Okay. Um, um, but we do have a combination of hot desk rentals and, and private offices. Okay. And so what type of events on a regular basis? Um, well, most of the events are, are um, you know, around food and drink. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, we're going to do a business conference. You know, nobody yeah. comes. It's like Friday beers. <laughs> it's like the right. coming drinks. <laughs> So yeah, it's um, it's a lot of just ways to you know to get together and kick back and socialize. Um, mm -hmm. We do a monthly orientation for our new members, as well as um, a monthly lunch and learn event where we often bring in um, from outside the community to um, whether it's educating us on you know, issues that are happening within the city or something that's specific to our neighborhood. It's not necessarily um, not always like business focused topics. It's more on um, just general interest in education. But aside from that, it's a lot of potlucks and, and beer. <laughs> and do your members do their own events as well? Or are they just events that you produce in the space for them? We have a combination of both, yeah. Yeah, our, our definitely do what we can to empower the members to, to take the reins if they have an idea for something. Um, but they're also just as happy to let me do the work and <laughs> they just show up. <laughs> I love that you just talked about empowering the members. So, so let's mm -hmm. skip over to that area of community yeah. management. So how do you, what, what's your brand of your community or your, your co-working space like? Are you um, a really hospitality centric brand or are you a little bit more on the community side where members um, do a lot more of the greeting as well as making coffee and and you know are expected to also contribute to keeping the space and the facilities clean and such yeah definitely the community side um the um i'm not a coffee drinker myself and i think that has been awesome for this building because i'm not good at checking to see if there's coffee or if we need to reorder more or, um because i don't ever touch it you know i try to yeah on top of it <laughs> because no coffee in the building is, makes for very unhappy people but yes. um but it's 
yeah, definitely people in the building, you know, they, they feel that they have, that they can take that responsibility themselves. And, you know, it's, um, they know if they leave the dishes in the sink, I'm going to lose my mind. So <laughs> everyone okay. works together to, you know, they take responsibility for their own space. It's not like, you know, you have your mom coming in to clean up after you. So um, whether it is, it just in keeping the place tidy or welcoming new members. Everyone's really great at, um, at jumping in and making it their own. And so what um, what do you do as a community manager to encourage that type of um, engagement from your members and that type of a culture amongst your community? Well, it, for you, know, luckily for me, that was already set in motion before I came on board. So. For me, it was more just keeping keeping it rolling. Um, mm. you know, we have a lot of members here who've been here since our doors opened over five years ago. Mm. Um, so they really the backbone of of this organization and, and keeping it going is that they you know they know what it was like in the beginning and what it takes to to build a strong community and and they've been really instrumental at you know rocking it out. But um, you know, definitely when new people come in. The biggest advice I have for them is if you have a question, ask the person beside you. You know, I'm always here for them, but you know, if you want to know how to make coffee, don't come up, you know, a flight of stairs to try to find my office. <laughs> you know, ask the person right beside you to show you how, or say, you know, like, the dishwasher is full. Where the heck do I find the, the detergent, you know? <laughs> and yeah, just encouraging those those conversations. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. So you just put it right out there. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, the you, you just talked a little bit about having an office. So mm -hmm. do, where do you sit as a community manager? Where's your where's your spot in your space? <laughs> Since this building is open, I think we've been in five different offices within the building. We don't have a reception area. Um, okay. our, we actually have a coffee shop in the center of our building, and that often serves as as reception just because of its location and people are like, okay, well, I want to work here. Like, where do I go? And they're kind of our, you know, <laughs> traffic control. Um, so currently our office, we actually moved, um, uh, when was it? April 1st to um, a, a large office that wasn't, wasn't leased out in the space. Um, the, the space where our, let me just back up, backtrack for a sec. We're actually in three buildings that are connected uh, through the interior. Oh. On, on the street, so it's it started with the 220, which is the name of the co-working space, and it's now expanded um, into 224, 226, and then we also own 228, which is a restaurant. Um, so that's sort of our, our big anchor tenant. Um, so one of the buildings in, or offices in 226 was available, and we had a tenant um, hard press, which is a screen printing studio that needed more space and they were considering leaving the building. And we had this beautiful storefront that we really weren't utilizing. So the four companies that were within that one building, we all moved to other elsewhere within the building. And that one studio that started with 150 square feet now has about 1,500. And they have this huge retail store with their screen printing production in the back. And uh, they're like, just seeing the success they've had in the time that they've been here is, is unreal. So, you know, kind of just displace the other members, but um, long story short, our office is kind of tucked away in a little corner that a lot of people don't know about. Okay. So it's 
you know, it's a bit of a scavenger hunt trying to find us right now. So we do have some, you know, paper signage up in the building in uh -huh. time until we get proper signage up. But um, yeah, uh, the I oh go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, in the move, I, I realized just how disconnected I started feeling from the community because I I wasn't. I wasn't seeing people pass me as they came in for work in the morning. They weren't popping by to say hi because it's like they have no idea where we are. They do, they do know now. But um, I now work in our co-working space, uh, like the hot test space, you know, a few hours a day um, and just kind of move around as I, <laughs> as I feel the wind changing. But um, yeah. that was yeah. something that had to change. I was that was curious. a really long story. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I was curious, and you answered the question, but I was curious how you, how you could indeed stay connected to the community yeah. if you were in an office, and whether right. or not you took hours in the common space. Yeah. Um, you know, and just the that we had to change recently, just because mm -hmm. I, I was very disconnected, and it was like the only time I was having those conversations with the community members was when they were coming in because of the problem. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I don't like, I don't like being the person, you know. They're only my friend when they need me because they're mad. <laughs> right, or yeah, or have a problem arise because yeah, yeah. that community flow, the, the flow needed it to happen isn't happening. And so a problem right. arises. Whereas if you're just there, you're noticing things, you've got a pulse on the vibe of the space. And yeah, and we're having vibe. conversations about yeah. what people's kids are up to, what they're doing yeah. and, and yeah. Um, the way that you actually learn more about them rather than just like, oh, that's that person who always breaks the printer. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that's not the only way you think about your members. Right, right. <laughs> actually, um, uh, back when I was at uh, the co-working company that I started at, um, we, had a, we had a rule and um, it was, you know, our staff was never allowed to say something bad about a member. Um, but we took it to the next level and we said, if you even think something bad about a member, either one requires that you drop right now and do 10 push-ups. And oh. as you can imagine, <laughs> there was ample time for push-ups happening <laughs> when a community manager was getting a little bit stressed or overwhelmed. Yeah, absolutely. There were lots of push-ups going on. But I guess you're getting super fit in the process. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, um, how do you keep from getting overwhelmed? It sounds like you have some separation, which helps. You can go into an office and close a door and get your admin work done. Um, but what are some of the other tricks that you use to keep yourself from getting overwhelmed, um, especially uh, around the emotional requirements of a community manager? Yeah, oh, that's a really good question. Um, and a lot of that really came to light when our office moved. Um, you know, we came to this new location and my productivity went through the roof. I was just, oh, oh my God, like I'm, I'm getting so much done in a day. But I started, and at that time, actually, we were down a few staff members. So I, I was in this huge office, like we have over a thousand square feet, and I was sitting here by myself all day. Wow. And, and that was actually stressful to me. Um, and I didn't realize it at first, but just feeling so disconnected and and then of course as i mentioned you know the only time people would where i was really having these conversations was when people had problems and so um we you know of course just finding some of these events and, and reconnecting with the community there's also we have a gym just a block down the street from us and there's quite a few members that go to the gym together 
so being able to reconnect with people that way as well as working on um, you know making sure my physical activity was at a, a place I was happy with really mm-hmm. but, but um, really separating those boundaries from when I'm when I'm on and when I'm off has been kind of crucial for me so I I generally don't um, you know I don't check emails outside of work hours just like I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, when I'm when I'm not in the building I'm not connected <laughs> you know right uh, I generally right. just don't answer my phone ever so um, people don't ever phone me <laughs> That's my voicemail. Actually, says like, "Hey, awesome! Thanks so much for calling." I don't actually check my voicemail, so maybe yeah. it's important. Um, <laughs> but people do know that if there is an emergency, you know that I am here for them. And uh-huh. uh, you know, if, if someone's locked their keys in their office on a Saturday, the odds of me coming in to help them out aren't that great. <laughs> right. But so you know. <laughs> yeah, so you keep firm boundaries. I do. Um, and um, how do you and you and you work out as much as possible to recharge? Yeah. Um, and I know that you have kids. I do. Yeah. So how do you how do you switch gears? Tell us about that moment where you walk out of the space and you've been going all day and taking care of your members all day and providing them with their needs, and then it's time to go and do the same thing for your family. Mm-hmm. How does that switch happen for you? What do you do to leave all of that work stuff behind? And still have all of that energy to take home with you. Um, walking or biking to work is uh-huh. is really important for me to um, just so I have I get like serious road rage when I'm driving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to go, you know, if you had a particularly stressful day and then you have to sit in the car in traffic that's not moving and then go home with the kids and be like, okay, I can still do this for how many right. hours. Right. Um, so yeah, if I can walk or bike, just having that space um, to clear my head and not have to worry about traffic um, is awesome. My my mom also helps me out. She usually picks up the kids um, from school and brings them home so I don't have to do the ridiculous, uh, yeah. again, it's that traffic thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would love to get rid of my car if I could. Um, the kids go to school on the other side of the city though, so it's, it just seems unfair to be like, oh yeah, you guys can bike for two hours in minus 40 in the winter, right? That's no big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I do drive them. But uh, but yeah, just finding um, finding that space. They, um, they're also only with me part-time, so the days that they're at their dad's house, um, you know, I, I can definitely get my me time there, um, whether it's, you know, doing community events or connecting with friends or just, you know, hibernating in my house with Netflix and a glass of wine. <laughs> it's, it's finding that balance of uh, recharge versus exploring some of the activities that interest me. Yeah. And so let's talk a little bit more about details around community management. Mm-hmm. And so what what type of system do you use um, to communicate with your members? Do you Are you guys using Slack? Do you use Nexodus and use the internal Nexodus portal? What do you do to reach out and keep your members connected online? Um, Slack is huge for us. Yeah, we mm-hmm. are you know, definitely loving Slack. It's, of course, I think with most spaces, there's a, a smaller percentage of people who are actually active on it than representative of the entire group. Um, we do have a... Uh, a newsletter that goes out twice a month um, that just updates people on you know stuff that's happening in the building, different events that um, you know the member organizations are are putting out, whether it's you know, for the members or just things they're doing within the community. Community is huge with us, but we're actually uh, we're looking at exploring some of the um, different platforms out there 
for um, member management and communication. So that's that's my little uh, homework for the next few weeks is to kind of play oh, yeah. with those and <laughs> what we might want to do, what could be a good fit for us. Well, you met several of them last week at yes. GC, didn't you? <laughs> yes, yeah, and I'm, I'm really excited to see, uh, see what they can do to improve our systems here. Great. And um, do you did you walk into the job with onboarding procedures and all of your operations in place, or did you set up those operations? Yourself? No, that was already in place. Yeah, I'm so uh, grateful. The guy that came before me, because uh, yeah, so we use um, Trello to to manage a lot of our internal operations, and um, with Trello and Slack, that's like they kind of keep my my life in order. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so do you have, um, when you onboard a member, do you have like a certain Trello board that you use? We do, yeah. A sort of a template? Oh. And I love checking off all those boxes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wonder how it compares to the one that I, I, I sent one out um, to a bunch of community managers that I work with as sort of a sample Trello oh, okay. onboarding board. And I'm curious, I'd love to see a comparison of all yeah, the Trello onboarding boards out there. That would be that a fun little that. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, uh, we did we did um, speak at Juicy Canada, and I'd love to know what your biggest takeaway as a community manager from Juicy Canada was. You know, it was really just reconnecting with, or I should say, connecting, because I, I only knew one person going to to the event, but connecting with other community managers, whether they were, you know, brand new to the business or had been in it for a while. And just knowing that there's so many other people out there that have the same challenges that I face and have the same, you know, successes and frustrations with, with the job. Um, and just, you know, having a wider network of people I can now go to if I want to bounce ideas off of other people. And, you know, a few of the people that were, you know, within the neighboring provinces were talking about um, starting up like a, a Prairie Alliance. And nice. um, yeah, just having, being able to leverage the experience and the ideas of other people that are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so creating creating that community amongst mm -hmm. community managers. Absolutely. Yeah. So wonderful. And um, tell us, if people wanted to get in touch with you, mm -hmm. because you're a community manager, something that you said today sparked them, uh, yeah. how could they do so? We've got all the social medias. <laughs> yeah, we're um, so the the space is on um, Instagram and Twitter at um, two twenty YXC, so two two zero YXC, and YXC is the airport code for Saskatoon. Uh, for me personally, it's Infinite Zenergy, um, and then yeah, I've also you know email Shannon at shiftdevelopment.com, or you can you know just Google the two twenty online and check out our space. Reach out. Awesome. Yeah. Kevin, what's next for you? Oh my goodness. I have such a long list from Juicy. <laughs> <laughs> we actually had a, a business development lunch with the team yesterday where I presented a lot of my, my takeaways and, um, you know, action items for, for moving forward. So I, I have actually pages and pages of things I want to implement. So figuring out what first is kind of the biggest step, but, um, I think for us, it's really just trying to improve the um, the onboarding and orientation process for new members to really mm -hmm. 
to help, um, you know, because the people who, who are here have been here forever, but it's just retaining those newbies who, who, who may only, you know, who are kind of trying out co-working, they're not sure it's a fit, and just really making sure that they feel welcome and, and are making the most out of this space as opposed to working from a coffee shop or from home. Wow. Well, that sounds like a wonderful list of things <laughs> to get started on, <laughs> and I wish you all the luck with them. Thanks so much for joining us today, Shannon. It was really lovely to chat with you. Yeah, my pleasure. I look forward to seeing you again, hopefully next year in Vancouver, BC. You bet. Thanks so All right, thank you. Well, thank you again for joining us today. For other episodes, you can go to coworkingwithiris.co, uh, where you can also subscribe to the podcast. Keep doing the great work you do every day. Keep changing the world one member at a time.